Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Rose 1 through 10. It's been a couple weeks since we've come to you uh, since our NASCAR World of Outlaws postseason podcast recap. But we're back here this week, a big week as the Snowball Derby is coming up. And uh, we're once again joined by, of course, I'm joined as always by my co-host Derek Self. I'm Travis Parks. And uh, we're joined once again by Brad Saucier, the host of the Black Flag podcast, and uh, we're joined by his his friend and co-host, uh, Charlie, also of the Black Flag podcast, two guys who are very knowledgeable in, in the super late model world from up in New England, and um, myself, along with the two of them, will be in Pensacola this weekend for the Snowball Derby, so I figured it would be awesome to have them on and have them talk about what they think going in, so... Uh, Brad, you can introduce yourself again if you want. Of course, Charlie, introduce yourself to our uh, small audience of people if you would like. What's going on, guys? Happy to be back. Happy to get to Florida. Can't wait. 24 hours from now, I'll be drunk somewhere in Florida, Um, (laughs) hopefully in Pensacola. Not 100% sure, but yeah, it's coming up. Really excited. Haven't been at the Derby ever, so you know we're, we're used to watching Super Late Models up here, but never seen anything quite like the Snowball Derby, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited too. It's it's going to be quite the trip for sure. We got a whole gaggle of us coming from New England, uh, all the way down there. For the most part, it seems like we're all on the same uh, flight too. So uh, it looks like it's going to be a party for the next five days or so, starting at seven a.m. tomorrow. So uh, no, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, the the snowball derby is uh, <clears throat> maybe not self-proclaimed, but definitely uh, one of the, if not the biggest super late model race in the entire country. So. Uh, a lot of big names heading down there as well, too. We're going to see uh, former NASCAR Cup champion Kyle Busch, current reigning uh, NASCAR Cup champion uh, Chase Elliott. Uh, we're also going to see Noah Gregson down there, uh, truck series driver uh, Grant Enfinger. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a show, I think. And uh, like Brad said, probably probably around this time tomorrow, we're going to be uh, boobies up on a beach somewhere, just having having a good time. That's awesome, man. Uh, great hearing that. Uh... Yeah, you guys got a big weekend ahead. You got four nights of racing, um, starting off with tomorrow night. I guess as we record this on Wednesday, they're doing the qualifying draw right now. Um, Yeah, tomorrow night, I believe there's some other series. I'm not quite sure which series are running tomorrow. Yeah, I think there's like pro trucks and some of the just the support divisions from around the track. Uh, I haven't really, I honestly haven't looked at the schedule too, too much for tomorrow. Uh, I know that there's like modifieds and stuff on Friday and, and, and stuff like that. But then Saturday and Sunday are obviously the snowflake and the snowball, really, when you get into the, the big events of the weekend. Right. Yeah. yeah. But between the two of us, Brad's for sure the uh, the planner. Uh, so I'm going to probably uh, know it as it's happening <laughs> for whatever that's worth. But uh, no, I think it's going to be it's going to be one hell of a show for sure. It's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a ton of people down there. It's going to be it's going to be quite the spectacle. Being from New England, we're we're like you know super late models are kind of you know what what we we watch weekend and week out uh, or weekend week out they you know the the past series pro all star series super late models tour around here and it's really just a spectacle whenever you, whenever they're in sure. town you got to be there and uh, I feel like we've been we've been lucky we obviously have the Oxford two fifty up here in Maine and uh, it's a lot of talks about that being you know one of the uh, biggest races in, in the uh, country, but having never been to the snowball derby, having been to the 250 a handful of times, I still look at the, the snowball derby as the biggest race in the country. Um, so I'm really excited to see that because 
the 250s kind of turned into, you know, you, you used to get the NASCAR guys that would come up and, and run it. And you get guys that kind of came from all over the country. And it's really turned into, you know, you get, you get really just everyone from New England. And then, you know, you get a hand, like maybe a couple guys from Canada when uh, COVID's not going on and, and Bubba Pollard's come up the last, last few years. So um, it's really cool to see. And then you look at the entry list, of the snowball derby. And I mean, th- there's guys coming from every corner of the country, each coast. And uh, obviously you got the guys that Charlie named off that raced in NASCAR this year. So it should be uh well, well worth the, uh, you know, the, the expense that we're, that we have already paid to get down there. And uh, we haven't even got there yet. So I'm sure that our bar tabs will probably put me in the red for the month and it's only <laughs> two, three days in. So I'm already excited to get down there and finance some uh, Bud Lights. <laughs> I was, uh, I was curious to ask you guys too. Um, any, any friends, uh, friends of the program or any, you know, any guys, uh, of note from New England that that will be racing that uh, you guys know well or anything. Or? Well, what, one of the uh, the biggest biggest friends of the the program, if you will, uh, Derek Griffith's going to go down there. He's from Hudson, New Hampshire. Uh, he's been a pretty good mainstay in the super late model scene around here. Uh, he's won a ton of big races lately. He's he's raced in the uh, the ARCA series as well this year. Done a, done a good job there. Uh, he's really the only one of note other than maybe um, Jake Johnson, who's going to do the, I believe, the Snowflake race. Um, but uh, for the most part, it, it's mostly just like the superstars, uh, which is it's going to be cool to see that in that particular format. Because Brad and I were trying to think of this the other day where, you know, when was the last time we saw a Kyle Busch or a Chase Elliott or whatever in person racing something other than in NASCAR's top series? Uh, and we really couldn't think of anything other than maybe the time that Kyle Busch came up here and won the Oxford 250. Um, but other than that, really nothing spectacular. So uh, that's that's probably one of the biggest caveats to going to a race of this stature is that you have the superstars and it brings attention to the local scene of what super late model racing is. Um, and for those that don't really know, a super late model is, for the most part, built from the ground up to be a race car. Uh, it's it's a full-blown science project. It's the top of wherever you're going to go in terms of short track racing um, in, in New England, especially. Uh, but before you start actually hitting like ARCA, NASCAR, things like that. So it's cool to see these guys kind of take a step back, um, even though they're still $100,000 race cars. It's still cool to see those guys uh, take a step back. Kyle Busch himself even has his own team uh, that he employs a bunch of people. So uh, that's their way of giving back to the sport. Um, and it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a hell of a show, I think. Ab- absolutely. I, I, I have to agree with that. It's going to be an awesome show. And for me personally, and I'm not somebody, I don't consider myself hugely like in touch in the late model world. Obviously, like I'm not from New England, like, like, uh, like you guys are. So, you know, I just can't say I'm as, you know, into that scene, but it's a, a bucket list item to, to go to the Snowball Derby and and to see all these guys. And, I mean, myself, like, personally, as as a Kyle Busch fan, you know, I think it kind of just got confirmed today that he will be there racing. And, I mean, like, my excitement is just, like, through the roof to go check it out and, and go see all these fantastic race car drivers from as you say every corner of the country duke it out i just there's there's nothing like it it and it's 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 going to be awesome and it's it's going to be a lot of fun to for to watch to attend for for everybody involved but 
There's I so think many that, big uh, names. Oh, sorry. Oh, you go, Red. There's so many big names, though. I was I was looking at the entry list earlier, and I'm like, man, some of these guys just aren't going to make the race. And it's wild to me that there's, you know, there's going to be 70 cars that show up and 35 of them are going to make the race or whatever, and 35 are going to go home. I mean, I think you're going to see a handful of big names that just have some misfortune and, uh, you know, end up going home early. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, on Friday, the the qual- really the qualifying draw right now is the biggest thing because if you get an early draw, the track could be still too hot from the daytime and you don't want to get a late draw because then the dew has kind of set in and you know, the track will have a little bit of moisture in it. So it's all going to be getting a little bit of luck in that qualifying session as well where you, where you go out. Well, I, I think that <clears throat> one of the, the biggest the biggest things to keep in mind, too, is that with such a star-studded field, um, you don't typically see that uh, as much anymore. Like back in the probably 80s, 90s, uh, even early 2000s, you saw a lot of these bigger names coming to races such as this, like the Oxford 250 or the uh, All-American 400 and things like that. And most of the time, you know, in, in those earlier eras, the guys were showing up because they were race car drivers. They wanted to show up. They wanted to win. Um, and now we've gotten into an era where, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one to say it all the time, too. If you're good at something, you never do it for free. And we've gotten to an era where a lot of these drivers, you know, Kyle Busch especially, they get appearance fees just to show up at the racetrack. Um, so I think that that's probably taken a big toll on, on why we haven't seen a lot of these guys all over the place. But going back to the qualifying thing, I think that that's going to be it's going to be super tough. Like you said, you don't want to go first out. Um, but the, the perk to going out first is that it's a very green racetrack. That's probably the, the most grip it's going to have all day. But if it's been baking in the heat all day, then you're just going to melt your tires off. But also going later on into the day, you don't want to have it so locked down full of rubber that you're, you're just not going to make the corner. So um, you definitely want a sweet spot racing as much as anything. You, you, I'd rather be lucky than good. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out and who who can capitalize the most in single car qualifying. And and uh, before we go any further forward, just so anybody listening has an idea, Charlie, uh, if I'm correct, you do a little bit of racing yourself. Right? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I I race. It's called a sports series car here at Beechridge, uh, in Scarborough, Maine. But um, it's it's essentially for for layman's terms, we'll call it a limited late model. Um, so I've been doing that for the last. 10 years which is wild uh but i've been racing go-karts and everything since i was seven years old so uh this year we actually celebrated the the 20th anniversary of sanborn racing enterprises um so we look to move forward and uh continue doing that and just you know honestly this is something that it's you know it's been a part of my life forever uh brad i think can say the same thing it's something that we've latched on to to you know look forward to for the weekends and um, you know, it's, it's created our own little family. And I think that that's the coolest part of racing is that, um, you know, our friend Dan Collins said it the best is that the actual going in left portion of racing, that's like 50%. it's, it's the atmosphere, it's the sights, the sounds, the smells, uh, you know, the family, just the atmosphere in general. That's, that's why we show up to the racetrack and it, for people who aren't totally invested in it yet. You know, I beg you to go to any local short track, go to the Snowball Derby if you can. Um, that would be one hell of a breakthrough to kind of introduce yourself to the sport. Um, watch it on TV. It's going to be on pay-per-view. There's so many different ways to be a part of it that there's no excuse to, to not know what's going on. And I think anybody, um, you know, would love to love to be a part of it. And that's that's why uh, that's why Brad and I love it so much. 
that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, uh, it's always cool to get, you know, the perspective of, you know, racers in here and people have done a little bit of racing. I can't say I've done so myself. Uh, Derek does some go-kart things here and there and is also a, a great eye racer. I, I really can't say I've done any sort of racing myself. And uh, so I know Brad's raced a little bit. And as, as far as I know, like, like, like you just say, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're pretty big in the scene. So it's cool to get a racer's perspective in, in here and, you know, hear, hear what a, a driver thinks about the track and everything going in. And, uh, but that's why, you know, I stopped, uh, you talking about qualifying to, to, to mention that. So, you know, when people listen to you describe these things, they, they really know, you know, what perspective that's coming from. Well, I, I, I think that that is part of why Brad and I get along so well, or we, we, we produce a product that people seem to like. Um, Brad has racing experience himself. Nobody can ever take that away from him. He, you know, he, he did race the truck. He's, he's actually a fucking hell of a wheelman in a go-kart, which is wild too. Um, but, but Brad brings the more of the, the spectator side of things and, you know, the, the, the fan that shows up to, to have fun, have a good time, hang out with his pals. And I kind of contrast that a little bit from being, you know, having a little bit more experience behind the wheel. Um, so we, we both, you know, kind of counteract and bounce off each other very, very well. And the whole idea behind uh, our show, the Black Flag podcast is, you know, we, we were just kind of hanging out one day and, you know, the, the, the conversation that you're going to have in the bar at a racetrack or after the races or anywhere else, why not just hit record on that? And that kind of gives you that in inside scoop or that, that conversation or that, that sense of uh, awareness or whatever of whatever happened for you to be a part of. Um, and we want to welcome any and all people that, that like I said, haven't been a part of it or, or want to know more about it. We're, we're more than happy to answer questions or just, you know, hang out and party with our friends. That's, that's really what we, we love to do. I mean, there's a beer logo in our, our uh, beer and our logo for, for Christ's sake. So. Yeah. I think that probably that's the best all. thing about starting the podcast is that like, I, I obviously I've raced for two years um, and you know, I wasn't really all that successful because I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, I, I joke around about it all the time that I'm not from a racing family, but I mean, I really like, I tell I told a story one time that I was racing up at Oxford in uh, in my truck, and uh, we were we basically so Oxford does heat races and Beechridge doesn't. Beechridge is all based on uh, points and uh, for your feature lineup, and so I, I go up to Oxford and and my dad my dad would never ever show up to a racetrack if I wasn't racing, um, or if I didn't just you know kind of force him to do that and I or go like I used to do that when I was a kid, and uh, so we go out there for the heat race. And uh, I, I had a fairly all right run in the heat race. I was really excited. I was so much faster at Oxford than I was at Beechridge for whatever reason. And uh, so heat race is over. Go, you know, later on roll into the feature. And they're doing some little autograph session thing on the front stretch. So I'm, I, I text my dad, give him a call. I'm like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to be going out on the front stretch. So if you and mom want to come down and, and, you know, say hi or whatever. And he's like, well, what do you mean? We're already home. Like, what do you mean you're already home? And the, these people st- stuck around for the heat race, saw the heat race, thought that was the feature and left and uh, didn't see any of my features. So that is, you know, my, my parents, I, I don't I don't claim to know a lot about, you know, the technical side of racing, but I can, you know, I've watched so much of it that I, I can kind of, from a fan's perspective, be that, you know, the, that grandstand driver. 
And, uh, you know, I try to try to walk the line with, with some of the things that I say, because I know that I obviously don't have as much experience as Charlie, but yeah, I'm just that drunk fan that, you know, thinks that maybe he knows everything. And, uh, and I guess, I guess that's the perspective that I bring. Love yeah, that. I mean, it's, it's, Love it's that. tough. Cause you know, I, I, I understand that like people don't really take what I say seriously a lot of the times and that's fine. And, you know, that's why a lot of the times I just joke around and I've, I've tried to refrain from, you know, at the beginning of the show, when we first started, it was really, you know, you call people out and, uh, you know, you, you say things that are, are questionable at best. And I've kind of tried to refrain from that because, you know, all these people that we're talking about have significantly more driving talent than I do. So yeah, it's a uh, black flag podcast. It's, it's a very interesting ride. We uh, I know a lot of time we, we, we talk very little about racing, but and a, and a lot of time when we do talk about racing, it's all New England based. So we might lose uh, if people tune in from, you know, all around the country. I don't know where your listeners really are based around, but we might lose some people quite early when we just only talk about New England stuff. That's fine. We've kind of find a found a niche in the market. So. I don't think we can really say that we have like a listener yeah. base at all. Still yet. determining you know, we're trying that. Trying to build this thing from the ground up. But so that's that's the thing. We're just trying to build this thing from from the ground up, and you know, we, me and Derek, I think our, you know, our big, we're, me and him are huge NASCAR fans, and we're huge World of Outlaw fans, and like those are definitely kind of like our top two. But you know, we're trying to build this thing off of being the guys who can give you educated opinions and takes and ideas about all sorts of, of different racing series and forms of racing. And that's really what we want to build this thing on. And that's why it's so cool to have you and have Charlie and have this different perspective from the super late model world to talk about a race like the snowball derby on our podcast, because like, like, like you all say, you can, me and Derek can give our perspectives as fans. And for myself, almost, I feel as kind of like an outsider, like a casual, like person in the super late model world. And then to have two people, you know, super in touch with a base in this world, you know, maybe some people from your world listen to this. They listen to what we do. And we, you know, we attract people from all these different forms of racing. And that's just, that's our idea and our intent of what we want to build upon going forward with with uh rose one through well, 10. for whatever it's worth man we, we did our first episode in brad's basement in westbrook maine uh it was just the two of us at a beer pong table with two lollipop mics that we bought at best buy and i think our first episode got what seven listens yeah. and probably eight of those were us <laughs> yeah um so so now we're to a point where we've got what is it seventy thousand listens or downloads or something like that and um there's really no reason why anybody can't do that i mean you guys especially you seem very articulate you seem like you guys want to make this happen um but really the biggest thing that i can recommend not only to you but anybody listening anywhere is if this is something or anything that you want like go and do it like it's one thing to watch NASCAR or World of Outlaws or something like that on TV. And that's great. It has its place. But the the true art that can be seen uh, from a race car driver or a team or a racetrack or a promoter or other fans just being together, you have to go and experience it. I mean, the same can be said for any sport. It's one thing to watch you know, a Bruins game or a Pittsburgh Penguins game on TV. But Brad and I promise you would much rather be there um 
So it, it's it's just one thing, you know, traveling the world is one thing, but going to certain destinations like racetracks, it, you can make it a bucket list item and you can just check things off. And now Brad and I this year alone, you know, maybe COVID helped a little bit in terms of that, but we did so many new things this year and had so many new experiences and met so many new people that um, it's certainly something that I, I can't not recommend to any human that I've ever met. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's kind of what we're trying to do here. I mean, I never had the funding to go racing too much myself. So I was like, I, I want to find a way to be in racing and shit. If I could start a podcast and maybe get paid to cover a race one day, that's, that's the end goal, you know, get paid to do what I love. Yeah, exactly, man. Just, uh, <laughs> and you have uh, to run with it. Yeah. And I mean, you go back to the COVID and going to new places and new things. Uh, that's kind of what happened to me this year, going to some more World of Outlaws events and kind of just trying to see more of motorsports. I love racing. this. I think I think that that's like, you know, what, what Charlie said about, you know, COVID opening up actual opportunities, which is weird. Weird to say that. But, you know, I, I went to Jennerstown in Pennsylvania this year. And uh, I went there twice, actually. And I think that I spent more time in New Hampshire than I did in Maine on the weekends because uh, Maine's restrictions were so tight early on that New Hampshire opened up about a month before. And every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we would just spend traveling to New Hampshire. Um, You know, the amount of times later, especially later in the year that we spent in Connecticut was was wild. I had never been to Stafford Motor Speedway uh going into i mean really september i mean late august september and i went there i think three times just in the end of the year um thompson in connecticut as well um but but going back to the snowball derby actually talked about this on on our show i think that covid actually you know people are saying that this is the best roster that you know they've ever seen at the snowball derby and i really think that covid actually helps with that Whereas, you know, guys like Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott, they they get done with their NASCAR season and they're like, oh, come on, like, I'm you know kind of done racing, need the break, going to go on vacation, going to go travel the world. Well, now you can't do that. So where are they, they going to go? They're just going to sit at home. Well, now they have an opportunity to go race the Snowball Derby and, and, and there they, there you are. So now you have Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Noah Gregson, Grant Finger, guys like that that otherwise wouldn't be there. Uh, are now showing up and, and lucky enough, we're going to be there. Um, so I think that, you know. Uh, personally, I, at two, three months ago, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to the Snowball Derby. And I wasn't, I was excited, but I wasn't really like as excited as I feel like I should have been. And now that the entry list has come out and you have all these top tier guys, it just makes it all the more, you know, it, it was a bucket list item. And, but now this, this year's race is, is more of the bucket list item because of who's going to be there. And to add to uh, you talk about the bucket list item, uh, I figured yeah, I got an entry list right here and, We'll just name off even some more big names that'll be there. So you have, of course, defending champion Travis Braden, um, Kyle Busch, uh, as as we've said. We got um, Chase Elliott, uh, NASCAR Cup Series champion, uh, Grant Emfinger from the NASCAR Truck Series, you know, Noah Gregson. Uh, we got your boy Derek Griffith. We got uh, Carson Hosaver. Uh, believe he's racing for Kyle Busch's team. He's running some truck races. A uh, very talented racer who I think has a bright future in the sport. Um, we got uh, Derek Krause from the NASCAR Truck Series. We got Ross Kenseth. I haven't heard that name in a while, but I see him on the entry list here. Uh, Ty Majeski, uh, very talented driver from uh, from Wisconsin. Ty is, and we know he's had some opportunities in NASCAR. And we know he's kind of a, a almost a legend in the late model scene in Wisconsin at this point. 
So it'll be cool to see him there racing. We got uh, Steven Nassi. Uh, we got uh, the legendary Bubba Pollard, who, uh, funny enough today, as I'm doing my research about the Snowball Derby, I did not know that Bubba Pollard has never won the Snowball Derby. That I was not aware of that. Obviously, I say I'm kind of like a casual in the super late model world. So I just imagine that that's kind of like a really big thing, almost like, you know, like Tony Stewart with the Daytona 500. Uh, you know, Bubba Pollard has never won the Snowball well, that, Derby. That I think I think you hit the nail on the head there that you know, the Snowball Derby, like, like we've said, it, it is – one of the, if not the biggest super late model race in the entire country. So uh, with that comes the, the notion or the, the notoriety that, you know, this is, this is the show, you know, you, you got to make it. And it just also shows how tough it is to even make the show, let alone win it. Um, you know, you got guys like Kyle Bush who've won it, um, things like that. And Bubba Pollard is no slouch. He, he has won literally everything that there is to win in this world of super late model racing. Uh, he's even won on dirt and dirt super late models. He's won, you know, uh, limited late model races. He's, he's won in everything that you can think of. Uh, he won the Oxford 250 the first time he ever showed up. Like this, this guy is no joke. And to have that, the snowball derby, not one of the, the check marks checked off on his resume, it just shows you how tough it is. Uh, and I, I think that that's wild. And I, I think that he's certainly going to have to be one to watch this weekend. Not only did he show up and win the first time he went to the Oxford 250, he backed it up by coming next year, the next year after he won. And completely, I mean, I think he ran two laps, three laps, and just pulled off the track. Yeah, which which also shows you how tough this world is in general. You know, like, like Brad said, he won the Oxford 250, and he showed up twice since then and has been nowhere to be found. Um, so it's, it's one of those deals to, to show you how consistent you have to be, how, how tough you have to be mentally, how prepared you have to be mechanically, physically, and all these other things. Um, but also have a good time doing it. Um, you know, that's the whole point. I think, you know, some of these guys make money doing this, but for the most part, you know, a lot of these guys are paying out of pocket, you know, skipping bills, things like that, just to show up to the racetrack. So, um, you know, it, it shows more of a human side. Uh, to what I like to call, you know, an athlete, professional athletes, whatever, you, whatever you want to call it, um, which you don't typically get with stick and ball type sports. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And, um, you know, uh, so, you know, we'll start, you know, kind of deep diving into this field more. And, you know, uh, you know, the three of you, you know, you can tell me, if, you know, you look down the entry list and obviously, you know, we've hit a lot of the big names, but are there any dark horses that kind of like nobody's talking about that you like, for example, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think many people saw Travis Braden winning this race last year. I don't think that was uh, an expected result, you know, and are, are there people in this entry list who maybe nobody's talking about that you guys really think could jump out and, and steal the show this weekend? I, I think one one that um, sticks out the most is the the person who actually you know crossed the line first last year. Uh, that was Stephen Nassie. Yep. Uh, he's not real popular in our our world here. I, I don't particularly care for him. I don't know if Bradley does or not, but um, I I haven't heard or seen a lot of hype around him 
that maybe there should be. Um, you know, he, he drives like kind of a peckerhead most of the time. He, he acts like a peckerhead, but you, know, you can't deny that he's usually fast no matter where he goes. Um, and I, I just haven't heard or seen the hype around him. And like I said, he was the actual one to cross the line first last year, uh, but was disqualified in, in, in tech inspection. So um, that, that just brings a whole other world to it too, is that, um, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Parks there, the, the, the tech guy, he, he's known for, you know, kind of busting balls pretty hard in, in the tech area. So uh, you, just because you cross the line first doesn't necessarily mean that you won the race. And like I said, I think Steven Nassie's going to have the speed, but no one's really been hyping him up all that much. Who got, I think, uh, Chase Elliott got thrown out in 2016, I believe. I, yep. Yeah, I think he had a uh, uh, tungsten ballast, which is a no-no. Got it. Got it. Uh, Chase, a defending snowball derby champion in the field. Obviously, he'll be in this one again, but that's just one that sticks out to me. And, you know, you bring up Steven Nassie, you know, obviously, like, I'm not huge in the super late model world, but I can't add myself to his list of fans either being uh, the William Byron incident from a few years ago. I thought that was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever watched on a racetrack. So, that kind of being like my big introduction to him. I I cannot say he's on my list of of guys I'd be happy to I see don't think with he's on many weekend. people's list, but one thing that I, I will respect a hell out of is that he got thrown out last year for something with his brakes and uh, he he showed up to the, the snowball derby this year with a paint scheme that has Brembo all over the car and I absolutely love the pettiness behind that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. One I, one I guy that is that. absolutely not getting talked about, and uh, I guess kind of rightfully so. He's from Canada. He hasn't really been able to race this year. Is uh, Cole Butcher, number fifty three. He, uh, he he's known up here pretty pretty well. He he has had some solid runs in the Oxford two fifty. Uh, he actually sat on the pole last year, and uh, in the last two snowball derbies, he's finished in the top ten. I know he led some laps last year as well. So obviously, to get the pole, he has some speed. And uh, I, I think that, you know, he'll be eager. He hasn't been able to, to race. I don't know how much he's been able to race, if if any, really, being in Canada. He didn't even get to make it to the Oxford 250 this year. But I know that he's been down in Florida for uh, quite a while now. And uh, that's that's a guy that's not going to get any any real hype, but he's always kind of there. Um, and, and I think that he'll be one to look out for as well. Yeah, if I were to pick a dark horse for the weekend, I think I would go with uh... – Casey Roderick from Yep. That would have been my second dark horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be my pick for the weekend. Yeah, There's coming off horse. coming off an all American four hundred victory. Very yeah, got the got the hot streak going. Yeah, so. momentum on his side. If I if, if you know, if we're not picking dark horses and we're just picking who we think is gonna win, I've I've been saying it this week. I think Ty Majeski is finally gonna be able to get it done. I, I unfortunately I don't like or dislike Ty Majeski. I feel like I'd probably be somewhat disappointed if he was to win the snowball derby and, and I was there, just given some of the other names on the list. I love Bubba Pollard. Uh, I obviously love Derek Griffith. Uh, I'd like to see Chase win. It would be cool just to say I saw Kyle win. Um, guys like that, you know, and, and then any of the underdogs, you know, anyone that no one's really talking about. I don't really dislike many drivers. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Colton Husqvarna or whatever the fuck his name is. Carson Hosevar. Um, <laughs> Cooper uh, Husqvarna. Yeah, yeah. Carlton Hagen does. We can never say his name right, so we always fuck it up as hard as we can. Uh, not a big fan of his. It, just just uh, at Jennerstown this year at the Motor Mountain Masters deal. Uh, he was always kind of there, but he was never really fast enough to, to compete with Mike Hopkins for the win. 
and uh Derek Griffith was always you know in the top two or three and uh he got under Derek Griffith late almost wrecked him there was a yellow he ends up lining up underneath him again while Derek's running second I believe he was third and just completely just drove com- drove right through Derek Griffith and uh I just haven't been a fan ever since but you can't really deny that he is going to be one of the favorites there um so I wouldn't wouldn't really be all that surprised to see him win either as much as I would hate it and we ha- we haven't even mentioned Chandler Smith who is you know the the up and coming Toyota driver uh he's he's been pretty good at the snowball derby over the last couple of years so uh I'll be excited to see these guys go go to battle here yeah, I, I going off of what Brad just said there, that that Clifford Hershey bar kid, he 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 drove. I think he drove a couple <laughs> truck races too, and he just drove like an absolute clown. So, um, you know, he's one of those ones that has speed sometimes, but it's just kind of a a, a dart without feathers, if you will. Um, but it, like, it's going to be just such an action packed weekend. There's so, so many big names, and you know, I can't say it enough. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Like, I I can't wait to just hop on the plane. Yeah, I'm sure. And if I get back to talking about kind of the schedule, yeah, you got Friday qualifying. Um, and we've talked about how star-studded the field is. Only the top 30 are going to be locked in. I guess I should say all all of the top 30 are going to be locked in uh, with that. And then on Saturday before the Snowflake 100 will be the last four spots to transfer into the Snowball Derby. So you got 55 cars, I believe, the last I checked for 34 spots so yeah it's gonna be an awesome awesome race i think i mean with the with the stars that are gonna be there it better be an awesome oh, race yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be wild i think i i just i i really think that there's gonna be a couple guys that are absolute shockers that don't end up making the race and, and maybe maybe i'm wrong in saying that just because i haven't really seen the whole qualifying format in person um it could very well be that all these guys make the race but there'll probably be a couple guys that that are left out and i, I saw uh last year actually that uh harrison burton didn't make the race and uh Whatever the fuck that kid's name is, uh, Clifford friggin' Hagendaz or whatever. That could he didn't make the race either. I can't even come up with another thing. Those three names are just stuck in my head. Friggin' Clifford. Are 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 there any uh kind of like like I remember uh uh John Hunter Nemechek used to come down every year with like the forty eight uh, Cup crew. Like, are are there any guys with like a ridiculous amount of funding that are bringing like and like besides obviously the obvious Kyle Bush, Chase Elliott, you know, any guys with just a lot more funding that, you know, will have, you know, huge advantages as far as pit crews or equipment uh, honestly, or anything. Are there any honestly of the, the 50, 60 some odd cars showing up, probably 30 to 40 of them could potentially like legitimately win the race. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of these guys have, whether it be independent funding, you know, second source funding, stuff like that. You know, even the the smaller names, quote unquote smaller, like Travis Braden, uh, Platinum Motorsports is a, you know, multi-million dollar operation. That's that's not a small team. But uh, same thing can be said for Steven Nassi. You know, he gets, you know, two, three brand new cars every single year at well over $100,000 a piece. Um, a lot of times what ends up happening to um, and, and the only reason I can speak for it is I actually saw it with my own eyes. I, I attended the All American 400 in Nashville circa 2013, 14, something like that. Um, and it was the year that Chase Elliott won it. Uh, and he had, you know, a Hendrick Motorsports uh, pit crew with him. You know, you know, it was sponsored by Aaron's or Hendrick uh, 
you know, cars or whatever, but um, they actually flew in Casey Kane's number five pit crew for a super late model race. So, you know, this is the type of stuff that, you know, the local Joe Blow type of guy, you know, that does weekly races anywhere in the country, you can't just show up and expect to win. You know, the, these are the types of guys that you're running against. Kyle Busch, obviously unlimited funding. Um, you know, Cup Driver has has his own team that runs literally out of a NASCAR Cup Series shop. Um, has his own company called Rowdy Manufacturing that front of the program Alan Evans actually works for, and they just build, stamp out super late models. Um, so they have nothing but unlimited resources. And, you know, there's a lot of hidden names in there. You know, Ty Majeski as well unlimited budget for the most part um has iRacing as a sponsor but also uh has research and development uh through Roush uh so it, it's it's that's the type of stuff that you can't just do with you know strings and bobs in your in your in your garage in your driveway I, I think that I think that anyone that shows up with a stacker trailer probably has someone in an advantage but didn't they get rid of the live pit stops after 2019 or 2018 yeah uh, I believe so yeah, Steven. No, I, I, was just, to, like, I was just referencing his... the funding for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That they got rid of live pit pit stops uh, after you know people were spending five thousand dollars upwards of that, bringing NASCAR pit crews down just to try to you know have an advantage like that in the Derby itself. And then I believe that Stephen Nassie's pit crew left them a wheel loose or something, and he tried to like fist fight them. And then they decided that they uh they they've seen enough and that they were just gonna you know make it so that everyone's somewhat of it a fair advantage or I guess not an advantage you get it but uh yeah something like that I don't know exactly what happened I'm not really well that's... versed in in you know factual news I kind of just shoot from the hip and uh, I think that's what happened but that's noted I I, I remember I think it was uh, fifteen whenever John Hunter Neiman check won like. I I don't know how many years a span it was when he I know they used to bring the forty eight Jimmy Johnson's Cup crew down there every year and this is poor poor John Hunter Neiman check uh, with yeah. no funding exactly. but quote, quote, poor but yeah and uh, so yeah I know some of that stuff got kind of ridiculous I didn't know the Stephen Nassie story that's pretty funny but um so probably a good move that live pit stops uh you know, are kind of determining the outcome of this race. Well, anymore. I mean, just, just going off of, you know, the funding talk, you, you could talk about this for hours. You know, these are, these are guys that have the same type of car that run weekly at Beatridge. Okay. You know, here in Scarborough, Maine for a $1,200 check. Uh, but the car itself costs a hundred thousand um, dollars. And a lot of these teams are showing up with, like Brad said, double stacker trailers two sometimes three cars in the trailer. Uh, you know, gas for the car is going to be 10 bucks a gallon at least. Uh, you know, 110 race feels about $10 a gallon. Uh, a set of tires is, you know, anywhere between six and $700. And a lot of these teams, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, these guys, every single time they hit the track, they're going to have four sticker tires on it. Uh, and they're going to be going through 20, 30 sets of tires at six, $700 a piece. Uh, so that's just, that just shows you the amount of money that flows through um, you know, these teams and, and big events like this. Actually, I think they are limited to nine sets of tires for the weekend and four, really? four of which have to be used for the race. Interesting. Okay, for the race. Don't That's got to that. be relative, you know. Yeah, don't hate that at all. I think so, it's, it's, yeah, so you have to use your sets wisely. 
it's it speaks volumes about the race though like just just talking about our buddy Derek Griffith for a second he he's obviously like the only one that's representing the people from the northeast and we we watch him almost on a week in week out basis but it, it speaks volumes that he's not really getting any hype for this race just based on how star-studded it is because i mean this is the guy that uh you know he won the past national championship he's a grand state pro stock series champion i believe as well he won numerous uh ten thousand to win races this year and, and the competition up here doesn't suck he just happens to be the only one that's going down there i mean i think that it, you, you can tell that the competition really doesn't suck when guys like bubba pollard show up and they're just completely out to lunch then I mean, this is this bubba pollard is the guy um so it's just I think that, you know, just talking about people that are at advantage, I, I think that, like I said, anyone that shows up with a stacker trailer, but really, I mean, it would be so cool to see just, I don't know, when, when someone rolls in with a stacker trailer, at least up here, it kind of, it, it turns people the wrong way sometimes because they're like, oh, you know, they have so much money. Whereas, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone that's showing up to the Snowball Derby has has the money to be there, obviously. If they didn't, they wouldn't show up. So it's just, uh, God, I'm so excited. I mean, you know, we're, we're flying out in under 12 hours now. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a time. It's like Christmas came early. Yeah. I'll be driving down Friday. Well, once I get off work, I'm hitting the road. I'll be getting in Pensacola Friday night. I'm pretty sure there's... One of the races going on Friday night. I'll be getting in town during that and hopefully find somewhere to camp not far from the track. The track said they have no more campsites, but we will uh, got to find somewhere to throw the tent down and get the get the weekend going uh, as soon as I get in there. But um, you know, it's it's good. Like I say, like you say, like I say, it's going to be an awesome time, and I I think we're all just beyond excited to to get the weekend started and to get uh to get the show on the road. And, um, you know, as we continue, you know, any further points you guys want to make about the Derby, you can go ahead and also, you know, without further ado, I think we should get into some picks of, you know, who we think is going to come out on top this weekend. I, I think the biggest thing for me is just anything in racing in general, whether it be NASCAR, Formula One, World of Outlaws, drag racing, drifting, you know, super late models, weekly stuff, street stocks. Just go. That's the biggest thing. You got to go out. You know, it's 30, 40 bucks for a pit pass sometimes. This weekend's going to be more expensive because it's the, the Snowball Derby. But no, you have the extra cash. Just go and go and watch. Support these places. You know, there's not not really any tracks getting built that are new. You know, these are these are places that have been around for a while. And, you know, this is our part and what we have to do to keep them around. So if this is something that you like or want to be a part of, just go. Just go. Yeah. One thousand percent. You know, we talked about Dominion Raceway a few weeks ago, and among uh, among other tracks. You know, go support your local short tracks. I think that's a huge thing. That's something I'm a proponent of. That's something you know, Derek and Brad, and I think all of us are a big proponent of. Is is go support your local short tracks. You know, those 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 drivers and those teams are pouring their blood, sweat, and sweat and tears into everything, and that's their livelihood. And the track promoters and the owners of the tracks, you know, that's their livelihood too. And and you know, it's not a extremely profitable profitable business anymore. So this is all you know, people running these tracks and going to these races because it's what they love to do. And you know, go support those people if you love racing and you know it's something you want to be a part of. Go support them and you know let them know that that those efforts aren't going 
on notice. I completely forgot when I was mentioning. So if, if we're getting into picks right after uh, right after that little bit, I don't I don't have much else to say. But I I, I think I said it earlier. My pick for the for the week the weekend is uh, Ty Majeski. I mean the the guy's led so many laps in the Stone Bowl Derby, just never the last one. I think that he'll get it done. Um, kind of unfortunately, I guess, because I'm not really necessarily cheering for him. Uh, and then and then like I said, the dark horse Cole Butcher uh, coming down from Canada. I think that he'll be he'll be pretty fast, um, and you know, obviously, my buddy, our buddy, Derek Griffith, friend of the program, he'll be carrying a Black Flag podcast sticker, a fairly large one on the hood, I believe. Um, which will be will be really cool, really cool to see. I don't I don't know. He already has one on, on uh, the the B pillar of the car, but I also completely forgot to mention that he won Speed Weeks at New Smyrna earlier this year as well, which is. Uh, which is pretty big. So he's been on a roll this this entire year. I think that he'll he'll show up faster than he usually is. And weird to say that because you know everywhere we go, he is always fast. So um, yeah, Jake Johnson, the 15 MA and the Snowflake as well, will have a BFP sticker on it, I believe, uh, the same size one that's going on Derek's hood. So I'll be excited to uh, have a couple guys to cheer for there. I don't really know who else is running in the Snowflake, so I can't really make a pick. So I'll just go Jake Johnson, 15 MA. Yeah, I think I think for me that the uh, the pick for the snowball, anybody would be stupid not to put money down on Kyle Busch. You know, he he's won it before. He's, you know, nobody's going to convince me that he is not the greatest driver. You know, to to do what he does, uh, because he's so good in so many different levels of it. You know, he wins in Cup, he wins in Xfinity, he wins in trucks, he wins very regularly in the super late model scene as well too. He's won the Snowball Derby. He's going to show up. He had kind of a shitty year in Cup, so he's going to try and redeem himself. Uh, I'm certainly going to go with Kyle Busch in the Snowball. Um, one to watch is definitely going to be Casey Roderick, I think. Coming off of the, the All-American 400, um, he seems to have his, his stuff together. He's definitely going to be one to watch as well, too. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, yeah, if I have Also, any... those stickers that Brad was talking about, courtesy of the graphics group. Yes, yes. A good, nice shout-out there. Yeah. Shout-out to those guys. Um we might need to get them to start making. Yeah, we need to get a logo here. Soon, so. um, but yeah, my final thoughts on the Derby. Um, just, uh, I'm kind of wishing I was going now. Um, as the as the weeks grew, the anticipation grew uh, on the entry list, got better and better, you know. Um, but I'll stay here, man the fort. Uh, I'll be live tweeting. I'll be watching the race on pay per view. So, stay tuned for the tweets coming out of the race. If you can't watch, um. And if I have to pick a driver, I'm going to stick with uh, Casey Roderick, the kind of the dark horse sleeper guy. It's a good pick. As I see Reese Bobby on a Dodge commercial here, by the way, that's a throwback. But um, it's a good pick. And, um, yeah, I guess I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up for the Snowball Derby. But I'm so excited to go down and, you know, ex- experience this weekend. And, um you know, my pick, a guy, you know, I think he's he's definitely got momentum on the side and it's been a great last few months for him and he's going to have some great equipment under him and a good machine to wheel. And, you know, he's going to be racing at the Chili Bowl in a few weeks too. That probably gave it away. I'm picking Chase Elliott to win this thing. I think Chase wins. It'll be his second or his third Snowball Derby championship. And, um... Yeah, it's just it's his year. I think the momentum's on his side. I think he's going to carry it, and the the dream run is just going to kind of can uh, continue for him. And Chase Elliott will come. We will become a three time snowball derby. Three time. Um, yeah, I do. Fun. 
I'd say when you guys are there, just don't forget to hang around for a little bit after the race because the room of doom, you'll never know who's, who's going to get disqualified. So oh, yeah. be well, sure well, if you guys got pit passes, go hang out over there after the race. Oh, absolutely. Maybe we can break the news. Like, Maybe we can just stand by the room of doom, and you, somebody we'll have boots on the ground. We can be like guys. the first one. To break yeah, well, that, that that's what that's what we'll be doing. We'll be shit faced, and we'll just be like, "Oh yeah, Stephen Nasty's crew chief just coughed." I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> means COVID. Yeah, <laughs> he's he either got DQ or co- DQ or COVID, so one of the two <laughs> or both. I'm at, how how amazing would it be if like. Matt Weaver and whoever these writers are, and they have to credit like the Black oh, Flagged wild. podcast. For That's my new goal, goal actually. <laughs> Travis, you got to beat them to it, bud. Yeah. Rose one through ten <laughs> reports that Stephen Nasty's crew chief has COVID and will not be on the box for the Love it. Just start. Re- just I'm going to start. Start like actually tonight reporting things that aren't necessarily true, but if they become true, we're the first ones. <laughs> Just take a picture in the pits, like rumblings down here that Star Driver has tested positive for yeah. COVID and will not yeah. race. That's, oh yeah, that leave it vague, <laughs> so it could be anyone. Follow and stay Star tuned for more. Of of ideas. <laughs> yeah, like like Jeff Gluck is like writing stories, like for the athlete, like like just like throw like NASCAR in there too, like. NASCAR driver with issues, and then like you know they all need to start reporting it, and then we we're just down the whole rabbit hole. But then every single thing that happens, you just see like rows one through ten or black flag podcast attached to that. Love it, got to make it happen. Be awesome. Yeah, I think that's our uh, our new goal for the weekend. But you know, with that being said, you know, uh, me and Derek are you know you guys can give your parting shots or stick around. You know. We got some F1 news and notes to talk about the gnarly Romain Grosjean crash. Uh, we got uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton winning championship, testing positive for COVID. Uh, NASCAR silly season news. Uh, 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 and a few other things. And uh, also, even before you guys jump off or stay, well wishes to uh, the great Ken Squire as he's in the hospital battling COVID. Um. Nothing but, you know, love and support to him. He's such a legend to the game, you know, kind of the original. And I think his voice is synonymous with uh, with NASCAR. And uh, there's an address out there that Dave Moody tweeted, and uh, his family is encouraging to send cards to him in the hospital. So encourage everybody to do that and support the uh, the great Ken Squire as he uh, he battles COVID and send prayers for him. Yeah, wish him nothing but the best guy from up. Isn't he from Vermont? I believe he's from up here. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I think I read somewhere that he had something to do with Thunder Road, but uh, probably, probably not factual information, but yeah. yeah I think was, you're right. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought I was, I'm usually not though. So I'd kind of just assume I'm wrong, but yeah, I mean, I got, I got still got to get packing. We're going to record a, a podcast for our uh, Patreon subscribers as well. We have to do a snowball derby uh, drawing for our uh, Patreon subscribers and our flight leaves in now uh, about less than 11 hours. So 
uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great uh, coming back on. Uh, I didn't know that I was on back-to-back shows, but I, I like that a lot. Uh, I guess I'm just the, the third co-host, but I'll jump on whenever I can. Uh, and m- most of the time, midweek, I'm, I'm busy doing stuff. But, of course, tonight, just nothing but packing and getting ready for the Snowball Derby. Can't wait to, uh, you know, finally leave the, the great state of Maine tomorrow around 7.30 and just be absolutely hammered until Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, for sure. I can't wait to see you guys this weekend, and we'll get some content uh, going for both of our shows and, and hang out. It's going to be a lot of fun and safe travels to you guys down there. I'll see you down there Friday. Yes, that was sounds good. I got to I got to do some laundry, and you know, I'm I'm a last minute guy as, as always. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anybody who wants to find us at Black Flag Pod on all things social media. That's a Twitter account, Instagram. We're on Facebook, and uh, especially head on over to the Patreon app, get some exclusive content from us, merch discounts, and all sorts of things. Uh, and if you're looking for for me personally, I'm just at C Sanborn I I I. So, uh, on that note, I'm gonna go do some laundry. All right, guys. See you guys. All right, yeah, man, if thanks. anyone cares about my personal, it's at bsauce96. But, yeah, can't wait to uh, get down there. Safe travels, bud, and we'll see you in a couple days. Y'all have fun. All right, go Bruins. Yeah. Uh, Incorrect. Go Pens. Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, now me and, it is just, me and, uh, yeah, just us two on show. here now. Um. First off, we'll go over since the last time we talked. It's we've had Thanksgiving and a couple of weeks off to digest the NASCAR season. Um, I just saw that you got to go home and visit some family for Thanksgiving, which was nice since you weren't able to be here for a couple of years. Um, how was that? Oh, it was, it was it was great. It's always good to be back home. It's a little little bit of a hefty drive, you know, twelve hour drive and another five hour drive this weekend, but. So a lot of driving, but no, nothing but nothing but uh, but awesome times to hang out and cook some food and then uh, watch some football and play some football with the boys this weekend. It's a uh, definitely a relaxing time and it's always a always a yeah, great holiday. Yeah, good deal. And uh, yeah, I kind of got to do the same. Uh, my parents live obviously a little bit closer. They live about two hours away, so I went over there, got to visit them. My sister lives over that way, and I saw her and my little niece. So. That was fun. I, we also got to go and kind of take a tour of my parents' new house that they're building, which is cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I saw that property. It was a, a it was a, a lot of a lot of land that they have, and it looks like a really uh really nice property. I mean, yeah, a dirt track, track for my niece. <laughs> but yeah, there um, go, there's been some uh, NASCAR but, uh, news and notes over the past uh three or four weeks whatever it's been since we last brought to you guys podcast um and i guess i'll just run through my list here one at a time and you can give your thoughts uh thoughts on it um first on the list i got daniel hemrick to drive the 18 for Joe gibbs racing full-time next year in the xfinity series i think uh first off what was funny is i don't know if you caught the same thing where like uh you know that we did that podcast and kind of talked about Xfinity Series silly season with Brad, and then like the day after that, just like all the bombs started dropping and just like answered all of our questions and our speculation about. Xfinity oh man, silly I have to go back season. and listen to that podcast but, and uh, see see how it played out for us. Yeah, it was the. Uh, you know, I believe I I I pretty much hit that Hemrick to the eighteen was happening and Herps to the ninety eight was happening. Probably the other one we'll get to. 
But, you know, I was just throwing around other names for other seats. Uh, I think we also got A.J. Allmendinger full-time. Like, I don't yeah, think we both, mentioned uh, Jeff Burton two at all. Yeah, both full-time college drivers. Um, that should be a stout, stout lineup. I thought Ty Dillon, I thought Ty Dillon was going to get us uh, one of those seats. That did not end up happening. But as far as Daniel Hemrick, a guy, I think he's a huge talent behind the wheel. And it's crazy he's never won a race in trucks or in Xfinity because, you know, He's he he in both of those series was an awesome driver, got the most out of his equipment. He didn't make mistakes, you know. He had some great races with Junior Motorsports this year. So I think Daniel Hemrick is an awesome driver, and it's a great opportunity. He's going to get in that car, instantly boost the performance of that car, and make the guy that was in that car this year look pretty bad, probably. And um, you know, Hemrick's going to get in there. I think he's going to win races. He's going to compete for the championship and uh yeah that's an awesome opportunity and something i'm really yeah i feel like he never really got a fair shake of the tree uh while he was in cup i I think he got i believe he got one year uh deal with rcr in the eight um and they just didn't run that well um obviously a rookie in a cup series it's gonna be tough on him you know um and then he stepped down this year this past year and ran a handful of races for junior motorsports and it seemed like every race that they were in, they wreck out or something. And I was, was like, man, this guy is a pretty good race car driver, I feel like, but just never gets a never getting a good opportunity right now. A g- the good opportunity he did have, he always did taken a good right job. away from him. So I felt bad for him in that situation. Um, so it's nice to see him have a nice full time solid ride in the Xfinity series, and I expect him to do really well. That's some really good equipment. He always did a good job in that 21 car, and it's, like, frankly, mind-boggling that he never won a race. I believe he's made two championship fours driving that 21 car and just was always so consistent. Yeah, when I would have lost that bet so, if you told me Daniel you know, Hemrick doesn't have a win in the Cup or the Xfinity or Trucks, and I would have said, you're wrong. <laughs> I couldn't tell you where he won, but yeah. I was like, yeah, he probably so, won. No. But that's that's pretty wild stat. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's just an uh, awesome opportunity for him. And, uh, yeah, so I think we're both, uh, consensus and, uh, that we're happy and excited about that. And we think he's definitely going to be a player for that championship next year. And what's looking like a pretty stacked, yeah, it really is. Um, kind of touched on it there. Uh, you got Riley Hurst to SHR, and I, I know you don't really don't think he's much of a talent. And he really hasn't proved much, but I think he's a decent race car driver. And with some some guidance from maybe Tony Stewart and some folks in that camp, he could uh, really do well. Um, I also think, yeah, go ahead. Definitely wish him, definitely wish him the best. I was saying, yeah, I wish. I don't want to sound like I'm completely, you know, just hating on the kid. You know, if he figures it out, good for him. But you know, he drove a full Joe Gibbs Racing funded car in ARCA and was not nearly as competitive as he he should have been in that and you know he's kind of you know moved up the ranks like you know he's like failed right he hasn't proven anything i I do get that and and uh yeah that's that's where uh you know i harp on him but you know maybe the title start turning for him and you know he'll start putting things together you know people kind of said the same thing about austin sendrick you know he's a guy Austin Sendrick's a guy I personally always believed in, and I thought he had it. But I know a lot of people felt the same way about Austin Sendrick. And then we saw this year him 
completely change that narrative and race his way to a, a championship in that series. So, you know, uh, maybe Riley Herbst will prove myself and a lot of other people wrong and really just start to put things together in the nineties. I don't. Is, has they have they actually announced a number yet? I looked before the podcast before we recorded, and I could not find a number. I don't think they have a number nailed down yet. I have here Prop, on my notes 98 yeah, or double zero, but who knows? I mean, they could rebrand and go to like the 14 or something, 41. You never know. Maybe they can get finally get rid of Yeah, I think we talked about that the last podcast. <laughs> and again, we already oh, touched on these. So uh, you got Jeb Burton and AJ Omendigger, full-time to colleague, which uh, again, is just, you got stacked, stacked Xfinity series, it seems like. Um. We already know uh, AJ Allmendinger is a wheel man. Like, obviously, everybody knows that, and we, he's going to win races next year. And as far as Jeb Burton, you know, this is—he's been around NASCAR and the National Series for years, but I feel like this is his first like real big break. And and I think I think Jeb Burton's a wheel man, and I think uh, I think he's going to impress a lot of people in that yeah you know, no doubt car next year um again another one that had a handful of races with junior motorsports and i felt like had terrible luck it just got wrecked every time they were in a decent race you know um and then yeah, uh some kind of interesting news as it first broke um when john hunter nemechek reportedly left uh front row motorsports and that kind of came to a surprise for everybody. But then there, he knew something was up his sleeve. He's not going to just leave that ride for nothing, you know. So uh, he it was revealed that he's going to Kyle Busch Motorsports to drive the four truck, which will be interesting. Um, Corey the Joy talked about this kind of on his podcast uh, this week that it's interesting that he chose to not stay in the show and versus, you know, uh, staying going down to a lower series. So I was wondering what you thought here. My, I feel like there's more to that story than what we're being told. Where I, I just have a hard time believing that he completely on his own, like made the decision to go down to the truck series. You know, I just think there's something else going on there that we're not being told about. Maybe we'll never be told about, but. I on the surface, I don't completely believe that story the way. It's yeah, I mean, you never know. Um, uh, you like I said, it's one of those things you might never know. Kind of like the Carl Edwards deal with him retiring late in the off season. Um, I think that, like I said, Corey LeJoy mentioned that the funding could have dried up for Cup Series ride, and they kind of had to find something that you know they're going to find a decent ride. Um, I think he's a decent talent. He's run pretty decent in, in the stuff that he's in the cup series. So if he doesn't go out and set the world on fire in the four truck, then he's got a big problem, I think on his hands and he might not be in the sport much longer with that, but I think so. He's I mean, he's a good race car driver. So I, I will say, I, I do feel bad for, uh, for Raphael Lassard. Cause I really, I really feel like he was starting to put things together at the end of last season, but, I guess it wasn't enough for him to uh to come back next year. So I haven't heard anything uh, about what he'll say, be doing yet. But it is a little somebody picked him up. Looking right now. But uh, as we know, uh, Raphael Lassard, you know, he's a 
a guy. He really started to put things together and won a couple races there at the end of the year. And, you know, started to look like, you know, you bring this guy back next year and he's going to, he's going to compete for the championship. So, you know, maybe he'll have another chance to get back in the series, but um, it sounds like his full-time ride with Kyle Busch Motorsports is obviously out the window. And like I say, just, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think he, I don't, I definitely don't think he did anything to bring that on. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one of these businesses that's super cutthroat and you never know when you can lose your ride. I mean, I guess I talked about um, Daniel Hemrick losing his cup ride after one season, his rookie year. I mean, I didn't feel like he had that bad of a year, but they just didn't have time to grow. You know, when somebody's coming with funding, you got to give a seat up. But yeah, he he did sign with uh, GMS, so he got a good ride. Yes. Oh, so will he full time with GMS? Okay. I'm about to say that that that's news to me. I did not see that, but if that's the case, that's good it says for uh, twelve Raphael races, that and they're seeking funding for the other ten. Okay, okay. Well, that's good for Rob. That's that's good for Lassard because I feel like it would have been definitely a disappointment if he didn't have an, any opportunity to continue to grow. Because I feel like Lassard's a wheel man, and Based off the the stride, like he improved throughout the season, and I was excited to see you know what improvements he continued to make next year. So uh, that's good for him to have an opportunity. That's a good uh yeah, and I think it's also tough when right you there. don't have practice or qualifying to uh, really tune the car up or truck up, I should say. So I mean, for him to still get progressively get better throughout the season is what you want to see. I mean, I think if they would have had practice, they could have won a race possibly. Absolutely. And uh, he, he did win a couple there um, at the end of the year. So I got here on my notes, you got Corey LeJoy to the number seven Spire car with Hendrick Motorsports backing. So that's going to be something that's really interesting to watch because Corey was, is bullish on the, the future that that team has. And it's going to be really interesting to kind of watch them grow and you know I, they have another charter so i assume another announcement with another yeah um, car is coming i know soon. we don't really like to speculate too much on here but maybe that's where it possibly tied down lands that'll be it that uh you know yeah he's kind of you know if, you, if you're if you're plugging guys in then yeah i mean that's definitely a guy you can build that, your brand off of there, i think build I your know. company up off of so i would like to see that uh, i think ty dylan's a good race car driver as well and would like to see him in the cup series and that would be uh and Corey also mentioned that there's like a big name that's going to surprise a lot of people yeah that was interesting i couldn't really that, uh, pinpoint who maybe that could have been but um, i'm excited to see some of the news come out of spire motorsports in the next few weeks yeah they'll definitely be the uh the story to follow in the cup series for the next few weeks that's that's uh absolutely for sure and I, you know good opportunity for Corey lajoy because uh, I think Corey's – I think we're both big fans of Corey and, you know, uh, go fast racing, you know, they give it all they can over there. But, you know, if Corey just continues to run that 32 car, he's not really growing. So, 
at some point, as we saw, you know, Matt Benedetto do, you know, you got to take that leap of leap of faith yep. and take a chance. Bet, bet on bet on yourself. Make your own luck. And uh, and it's obvious. It's I'd say it's worked out pretty good for for Matt. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can say the same. Yeah, for, I think, uh, for I think he knows what he's doing. He knows the the NASCAR business side of things. I think more than probably most drivers, maybe. Um, so I, I think he made some good decisions and it'll be exciting to watch Spire Motorsports hopefully grow into a decent sized cup team over the next couple of years. For sure. And uh um yeah, I got I kinda saved this one for last Cooper. as a nice uh, little transition. And back to the truck series, they released their full schedule out uh, a couple of weeks back and Knoxville was on there, which is very, very exciting for anybody that watches dirt racing. Um, that's the, the home of sprint car racing, as I say. Um, so that, that'll be exciting to see the stock cars there. I actually, the day they announced it, I took the uh, trucks out on iRacing to Knoxville and ran a couple laps. And I think it might put on a better show than Eldora did because it, you can kind of, I know it's a simulation or whatever, it's a video game, but you can kind of, race the car race the track a little bit better you know it's not as dependent on just going in there and sliding it up to the wall with knoxville being a little bit flatter you kind of got to race the track and work the throttle a little bit more so i think that's exciting news for everybody and i kind of have a theory here with that is everybody lost their mind and was so upset with with dirt bristol and I'm not in that boat. I know you're in that boat. I know a lot of other people are in that boat. I'm in the minority where I was cool with it. But I feel like the long-term play here might be Dirt Bristol is an experiment to see if the Cup Series can work on a dirt track, whereas the Truck Series to Knoxville is also an experiment to see if the facilities in not at uh, Knoxville rate in Knoxville, Iowa, if they're enough to support, you know, the Truck Series, you know, if there's enough garages, if pit road's big enough, if we have fans there, you know, uh, can they support an NASCAR crowd? And, you know, so Dirt Bristol will be the experiment for the racing side, and then trucks at Knoxville will be the experiment for the uh, facility side. And if you check both of those boxes, then I think the play that NASCAR is going Yeah, I mean, see, I would be way more excited than for that. I wish they would just do it and, like, figure it out as they go. Then I mean I think I said I, I'm excited for Dirt Bristol, but I just don't think it's gonna be that great of a product. Is what I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just gonna be a little spread out of just. I mean, I guess it, things will always happen. It's Bristol, you know what I mean? I think it'll just be slower Bristol essentially. But I mean, it'll be exciting to watch. Don't get me wrong. I am excited for it to see how it plays out. I just don't think it's gonna produce the best product. Whereas you go to Knoxville. That place is built for dirt. You know what I mean. I think that's going to produce a better product than Bristol dirt. So we'll see. I mean, it's all it's all going to be our questions will be answered next year. Yeah, man, we're uh, we're super excited for that. But that that's that's exciting news. However, you phrase it that 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 is an awesome historic racetrack. 
and to see it added to the NASCAR yeah, circuit, that's for sure. that's exciting. Um, as I said, we transitioned over to uh, some World of Outlaws uh, news and notes that have happened over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the full schedule has been released, and I know last podcast I had mentioned there was an open date on that schedule uh, right around the time of the dirt Bristol race. And that is now filled. So no sprint cars at Bristol, it looks like. Um, but some also some nuggets on there that I've seen. Um, the World of Outlaws are going to the Talladega short track, which I don't know the last time that they've been there. Um, I would like to see them maybe make that part of the cup weekend. That would be cool. I would love to go to some World Outlaw racing the same sweet. weekend I'm at Talladega. Like, that would be awesome. <laughs> Go get him. Oh. Go get him. I don't know what he's talking about. There's a video of me after a few cold ones at the Talladega short track, <laughs> and the fight broke out. And I was a uh, commentator on the fight. So maybe we'll tweet that video out one time sometime. <laughs> Might have to tweet that out sometime. Um, but also on the World of Outlaw schedule, there's going to be two Kings Royals at Eldora Speedway. Uh, in the middle of July, July 14th through the 17th, there will be two Kings Royals. So it's two nights of t- the two night, two event kind of show, if that makes sense. Um, and it's $175,000 to win both features. So that is pretty awesome. For for the year that they had uh, with the pandemic and not really throwing these big races, but kind of holding a race in place of these big races, I think they're trying to make it up to the fans and trying to do some things for the drivers who missed out on a lot of money. I mean, the, the highest-paying sprint car race this year, I think, was only $50-some-thousand. So not not a whole lot of money when you, when you see that $175,000 to win one of these, you know? I think it's yeah, going to so be a great too. year in the sprint car world next year. And I also wanted to add, I wanted to add on our last topic about the Talladega short track in the video. We'll we'll give a test here. If anybody has actually made it this far and listens to us this far, yes, I like that. Tweet the video. I like that. We'll Especially that since we are that'll be our little test. An hour and nineteen minutes into this podcast, so if you're still with us, what's that? Just just do at just. I say, just do at Rose one through ten. Tweet the video. We'll tweet the video out. Yep, and we, we'll send, we can we'll do that. Um, How about that? Yeah, if we go back to the Outlaws. Um, also, they announced that I think also from the pandemic that they're going to bump every uh, feature race win will be minimum of ten thousand dollars in twenty twenty one. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. The, I bet Kyle Larson wishes <laughs> yeah, they no came kidding. up with that a year If he uh, didn't take enough money as it is. Um, I got here also Brock Zierfrost. Uh, I believe he's a Pennsylvania boy. He's going uh, full-time outlaws racing. Um, and then the only other thing I, on my list here is this: the uh, World Outlaws will be starting back up uh, February 7th, or 5th through the 7th down at Volusia for uh, – that's right around the time of Daytona. It's going to be awesome, and hope to get down there for that, especially uh, with the limited capacity announced for the 500 today. Kind of 
puts a wrench and plans to go to the 500 for myself this year, but and maybe make it down for Volusia as like a nice fallback. Yeah, there you go. That'd, be, that'd the, be really cool with the 500. Um, yeah, and here in my notes, I, I just we can talk about the kind of the crazy week. Uh, it's kind of the middle of F1 silly season, so there's kind of been a lot of news, and I'm sure a lot. If anybody's listening, I'm sure you've seen the crash, the Romain Grosjean crash from this past Sunday where he went through the Armco barrier and burst into flames. I mean, that was absolutely terrifying to watch as a race fan. Um, you never want to see anything like that happen and see these drivers get hurt. That was uh, certainly terrifying to watch, you know, just up Sunday morning getting the coffee and uh, getting ready to go to church and see that. That, was, that uh, definitely made you – made you jump out of your seat for a second and just so so good that 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 incredible terrifying video to watch him like hopping away over the guardrail from that huge fire i mean it looked like an action movie but it's just incredible to see and so glad that romaine's okay and you know in good spirits yeah that's really good to see that he's uh, kind of embraced it he's still here today um and, and I know we kind of deviate away from F1, but you also go back to Ryan Newman. I mean, two two safety miracles or two safety, yeah, I guess miracles you could say, uh, happened in the same year, and it's 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 just incredible. Both of those drivers were able to essentially walk away unhurt. Um, I know Ryan Newman spent a few days in the hospital, and Romaine was in the hospital, but they had no serious long term injuries, which is just absolutely incredible and a testament to the safety of these cars. Absolutely. Not to mention the crash. Oh yeah. Indy 500 too. We can't forget about those. We saw, we saw a few enormous crashes there and people walk away. So, uh, certainly, uh, a year as a whole, that's a testament to safety all over motorsports and, and, um, you know, for all the talk about the halo, I, I think the halo probably saved a life. And no, probably you know, about it. It case. I, mean, and I, I, I think you know. With I won't say what I've said all week, but yeah, we my Roman Grosjean wouldn't be here without the halo. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, it takes an incident like that for any controversy that was like left remaining or people upset about the halo. I don't know if there's that many of those people who were still out there anyway, but if there were, yep. uh, there's certainly, um, yeah, again, with the crazy craziness of the F1 has been since our last podcast, um, Hamilton, uh, Lewis Hamilton has won his seventh title tying Michael Schumacher, which is pretty incredible. Never see, never thought I'd see something like that in my lifetime. Um, but also this week, he has tested positive for COVID. And they announced earlier today that George Russell will be filling into that seat for this, for the uh, Sakaar Grand Prix this weekend. Oh, I got one takeaway this weekend. I went ahead and got myself a ticket for, uh, Valtteri Botas to win the race this weekend. As soon as I saw that news, got him at plus two hundred to. Maybe something if George Russell goes out and wins. Grab that ticket. 
I'd be about it. It'd be a great story. Yeah, that that would be awesome. Obviously now, right. obviously now I got some money in play, so I'm a little impartial here, and I believe uh, Max Verstappen yeah. is now the listed favorite uh, for the race this weekend. It'd be interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of an oval track this weekend, or of, of sorts. Um, so I think you're gonna have to have a lot of speed in the car, which usually Red Bull doesn't have. They're kind of more of a downforce team. So we'll see if they. Uh, can if uh, Max Verstappen or Alex Albon can pull off a win? Um, and of course you can't can't uh, leave without We'd talking about the American team Haas. Um, it was announced today that Mick Schumacher, Michael's son, uh, will be driving full time for Haas next season, along with uh, Nikita Mesbin. Um, so. Those are really cool to see. Uh, I'm excited to see Mick Schumacher in the car next year and see how 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 much he can help the team. Kind of, kind of sucks to see Roman lose his job. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, I'm kind of glad that it was obviously week, already though. announced. I mean, can you imagine yeah. if, if they had announced that this week or something? Like that would have that would have been bad. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they kind it, of uh, handled that already. Yeah, and it also yeah, this week would have been in a really uh, tough spot there. Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, it was announced that Petro Fittipaldi will be filling in, filling in for Romain Grosjean this weekend. Um, so you can tune into that race. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting to see George Russell and Sean Leclerc and in top rides. I wish I wish uh, Mick Schumacher. Was uh would have gotten the call up this weekend to replace Grosjean, and he could have had the three kind of future stars of Formula One racing. That would have been cool to watch. Oh yeah, that would have been awesome. To uh, awesome to see, but but yeah, tune in. They'll be racing this weekend, so they'll be racing along yeah. with the um the snowball derby. So. Can't can't have yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really fan, know what's from here to Christmas to time. Find. We might have to take a little break, but we'll uh, maybe throw, throw. Actually, I got an idea for a podcast in the next couple of weeks, so we'll keep a podcast going. Um, that'll get us at least maybe every other week to Christmas, um, and then by Christmas time, we'll be looking at the Chili Bowl and and IMSA stuff by then. You know, so it won't be much of an off season. So stay tuned, guys. Mhm. Mhm. And another. Yeah, go ahead. Another story we uh. Yes. Just to hit real is. quick. It's uh, kind Chase of Elliott exciting to watch the the, uh, this star Chase Elliott, young star of the Cup Series, going and running all these races, which he usually doesn't do since he's gotten to the Cup Series. So I like seeing it. It's kind of a Kyle Busch feel to it. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Yep, that's all I got. Just wanted to get that last little uh, that last little note in there. But this has been really fun and excited for the Derby this weekend. Definitely follow us for you know cool content from the Derby. We'll bring it to you. We'll live up to our name. We'll be down in the pits. You know, uh, we'll be doing some stuff with uh, with the Black Flag Podcast and Charlie and Brad. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a yep, lot of fun. No doubt, I'll we be uh, here, to, man. In the fort, like I said earlier, um, I'll probably get up and watch the Bahrain race at twelve, and then. That that'll lead me right into the snowball derby at two o'clock on Sunday. So it should be an exciting weekend. 
Also, be on the lookout for some more give out, oh, giveaways yeah, on our Twitter. Right, well. um, I got some stuff coming up that I'm going to give away. Uh, so just be stay tuned in for that. We'll definitely tie a giveaway to uh, to this. And, and also, uh, remember, if you tweet us, tweet the video at Rose 1 through 10. We'll tweet you the video. It's a funny video. It'll make you laugh. And we'll send you a... Uh, We'll send you some Tony Stewart gear or something. We'll send you something. No guarantees on what, but we will send you You made it this far, do that. All right, that's all I got. All right, well, everybody listen to this. Have a good one. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the Snowball Derby. Enjoy whatever you're doing with your weekend and this holiday season. And we'll we'll talk to you soon.